The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, with the WHO announcing the end of COVID as a pandemic, the HSC is still advising those who are over 70 or children over five who have particular uh, immune problems to get their COVID spring booster. So who should and who should not get it and where to get it? Uh, We're going to talk about all of this because I'm joined in studio by HSE National Lead for Test and Trace and Vaccination, Eileen Whelan. Eileen, good morning. Good morning, Pat. I got my booster a couple of weeks ago and um, I was under the impression that I only had until the end of May. That's correct, Pat. So it's really good news that the WHO have announced an end to the global pandemic. But in line with that, at the end of March, NIAC identified the people most at risk that would need a spring booster. And as you've identified, the people at highest risk are at high risk because of their age. So people over 70, we're seeing more of that group in hospital because of the severity of their illness. And also anybody five and over who is um, has immune problems is also high at risk of the severity of illness from COVID. So the now, spring booster. The spring booster scheduled to end at the end of May. It, it's not ending. That's right. So the spring booster was available for the month of May. Um, It started slowly and it has been available in GPs, in your local pharmacy and in the vaccination centres. We see at the minute that 18% of the eligible population, and these remember are our people who are most at risk. So only 18% so far have availed of that booster. And that's a concern because NIAC have also identified that to maintain, first of all, people need to maintain their immunity because immunity wanes over time, but also to avoid severity of illness and avoid hospitalizations in the winter, you need to run both a good spring booster programme and a good autumn winter booster programme. So this group of people so far, only 18% have come forward and we would encourage people, of course, you know, everybody has choice. And now that the WHO have announced an end to the pandemic, people might perceive there's less risk, but you are at risk because of your age. So for how long will the programme be extended? So there's just two more weeks of it, the first two weeks in June, and people can go online and they can book an appointment um, on HSE um, on the online system, but they can also just turn up to the clinic. They don't need an appointment and just walk in. Now, I'd encourage people to check because we have started to close down some of our clinics because, yeah. of course, we need to amend, you know, how we're running our programme in line with uh, the WHO guidance. OK, I, I made an appointment, uh, one uh, in Klonski, and uh, I was in and out, I suppose, in less than half an hour. That's correct. It's really, really efficient. And we've got feedback from people who have attended and they've been very happy with yeah. the service. Now, a couple of things. People have been getting a text from the HSE advising them that they need to get their booster one of my colleagues went along to a pharmacy which was in the programme and not all pharmacies are not all GPs are and uh, they said well you know what's wrong with you and and she said why she felt she had been picked for the text and um, they said sorry you're not included what's going on there that people get texts to suggest they should get the booster and then they're turned away Okay, so first of all, absolute apologies to anybody who received a text and who subsequently it was identified that they weren't eligible. So an apology for that. How does that happen? Um, So what's really important here is that at the outset, uh, when boosters were available, GPs and uh, GPs contacted people to come forward. What we're seeing is generally the people over 70 are slow to come forward because they were expecting their GP maybe to contact them. So the HSE has responded to that and they're now sending these people texts to remind them that this is available because while there's a lot of information out in the media, we want to be sure that people who are eligible know that they're eligible. Okay, so do they send a blanket text? Is that what happened? So anybody who is registered on the system as over 70 are with a weak immune system and two years ago, maybe when some of these people received their 
vaccines, there might have been a medical reason why they were registered as having had low immunity. That may change over the two year period, so they may now not not be eligible. So that'll be what happened for some people. In some other cases, we have also identified that in the pharmacies, um, we have a different IT system and that their immune status may not have been picked up on the pharmacy. But we've put a measure in place to correct that. So There's, that should not happen. That sh- what what that about people happen. who got that text and who were turned away? Should they try again? So there's a very small number of people that, that we know of that got that text that presented and were told they weren't eligible. If they believe that they have um, a low immune system, that they're immunocompromised, they should certainly represent. I would absolutely encourage people to now, represent. Uh, not every GP is in the, the programme that was in the programme before. I mean, what's the take up among GPs and among pharmacies? That's correct. So about 55% of GPs are participating in the programme. There's over 690 plus GPs in the programme and that, that's really good. And there's 59% of our pharmacies are participating. So we would hope that for everybody, you know, there's either a GP pharmacy or a CVC within close proximity. Yeah. We're conscious that people over 70 sometimes, you know, need support to get to the vaccination centres and the vaccination centres now, you know, are, are not as freely available. So we would encourage family members and neighbours to, to assist anybody yeah. over 70. But there should be a pharmacy or a GP surgery near every listener that they can get to with a little help. There certainly should. And the whole point is that, you know, people might think it's, you know, we're approaching the summertime now. They might think there's low risk because of the WHO guidance, but it's still important that people in their at-risk group get their spring mm. and their autumn winter booster. Now, uh, the, the difference between the boosters, uh, I, I mean, do they take account of the latest variant? That's correct. So we're guided by the um, National Immunisation Office and by our... Um, uh, by NIAC also and we are constantly updating our, our available boosters so it's the booster that has um, responds to the BA45 variant and that's what's available at the minute. Now when I went to get my booster uh, I was asked you know do you have any problems which one you get uh, I got whatever Moderna that was being given but then I saw all these people carrying a, an A4 size sign with P written on it and uh, I asked, of course, as I okay. would, why are those people carrying a sign with P on it? Why are they being designated differently? What's happening to them? And it turned out they were getting Pfizer. And I was wondering, now, why are they getting Pfizer and I'm getting Moderna? OK, so from the outset of the um, uh, vaccination programme, we have not differentiated between the vaccines other than we maintain up to date status in relation to which vaccine is most appropriate for the variant that's out there. And then we have to manage our stock in line with how stock arrives and stock expiry date. So we ensure that we give the vaccines that are in stock and they're all treated the same. The only differentiation is if for a specific reason somebody has an underlying condition. I think these people ask specifically that they get Pfizer or or they're asked a question. I was asked, uh, are you happy with Moderna? I said, sure, that's fine, grand. But if someone said no, then then they would be given Pfizer. I don't want to start a rush on Pfizer or Moderna. Yeah, we don't differentiate between the vaccines other than on the basis of clinical need. And, you know, some people... for, for clinical un- underlying They may have reasons. had a reaction to either one P- or other. Of- yeah. And as I say, we manage our stock in line with um, vaccine expiry date, but most importantly, in line with the variant. All right. Loads of questions coming in. I'm 67 with chronic respiratory problems. Am I eligible for the booster? 67. Uh, so chronic respiratory problems alone wouldn't have the person eligible unless they have a weak immune system with that. So unless, you know, that is designated as part of their clinical condition, they would be eligible for the autumn winter booster because once 
um, we're administering the autumn winter booster, which will be early October. Everybody over 50 will be eligible. Uh, to get higher booster uh, take-up rates, the government should advertise how many people are still being hospitalised and dying of COVID. These numbers are not negligible. Um, I suppose that, that 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 is correct. So when we look at um, the numbers of people being hospitalised, we can see that there's higher hospitalisation rates in people based on, on age. So if we look at people under 45 and those who are positive, there's roughly 9% of those people that are requiring hospitalisation. But each decade you go up, once you go to between uh, 55 and 65, it's 26% of people. It's 58% of people once you look at the over 65s. So each decade, there is almost a, a doubling of the rates of hospitalisation by decade. Uh, the should, number, yeah. sorry, Sh- should the booster be given uh, to those people who are living with people who are at high risk because they're immunocompromised? So that isn't approved by NIAC at the moment. But if you're over 50, as I said, you, you'll be eligible for your autumn winter booster. If you're over the age of five and you've got underlying clinical conditions, you'll be eligible for the autumn winter booster. Um, anybody who has a specific concern, they can ring HSE live and consideration will be given based on the balance of risk versus benefit. But at the minute, we're sticking quite strictly to the NIA criteria yeah. because they have made the recommendations. And, and this for the next text, Andrew, uh, will you ask about over 60s left out of this extra booster programme? If vaccines are wasted due to low participation, why not include the over 60s? We're not as healthy as they seem to think. That's from Andrew. Um, you know, you don't want to see stuff going down the drain or however it's disposed of. Of course, we don't want to see wastage. But what we are very strongly guided on is, you know, what's happening internationally, what is being recommended across Europe. NIAC adopt the best evidence and NIAC are now indicating people who are in the highest risk group, which is people over 70 and people over five who are immunocompromised will get two boosters in the year and then people over 50 will just get their autumn winter booster plus healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. Constantly, we encourage women who are pregnant to make sure they're up to date with their booster doses and women who are pregnant can they're recommended to get it between Mm. 20 to 34. Another one, I had a stem cell transplant last year, which entirely deleted my immune system. When trying to get revaccinated, I'm encountering serious issues. As the system says, I'm fully vaccinated. That's someone who probably has lost the effects of vaccination through uh, their immune system being compromised in this way. So it's important for that person that they represent to either their GP or their pharmacy if they have some evidence in relation to their weak immune status, which they will have weak immune status, then they should receive their vaccine. The the machinery, the The, IT would be saying this person is fully vaccinated. And and that's because the last time they'd have received their booster, they may not have had no immunity. Finally, you should still get a confirmation of your vaccination uh, with uh, your your, uh, QR code. That should be sent to you? Um, So it's being recorded on the system, but we're not specifically issuing that at the minute. And again, that's in line with EU guidance. So the vaccine certs were high priority and that was a European regulation back in the early stages. Now that's being held on record, but it's not actually being issued Mm, to people individually. Okay. (laughs) So there you go. Arrived on my email. There you go. Okay. Um, Eileen, thank you very much for all your help. Eileen Whelan, HSE National Lead for Test and Trace and the Vaccination uh, Programme. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.